Rise and shine with the Word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. Tune in at 10 a.m. and join Antonia Roman as she sings and reads the Word of God. The Word of God will give you insight for the purpose in your life. Now here is your host, Antonia Roman. morning everyone uh, today is Saturday and you know what Saturday is Saturdays is about waking up with a purpose as we dive into the Word of God so my friends thank you so much for joining us again and for those who are joining us for the first time we welcome you as you know my friends we have been diving deep into the book of Hosea And as we continue to read God's word, as it gives us an understanding of what was happening at the time of Hosea, we can apply this to our lives today. And you know that I always say this on the podcast. So my friends, we're going to pick up where we left off from. We are in Hosea chapter 9. And we're going to pick it up in verse 10. But because we wanted to just... um, Go back a little bit and and do a recap. We know exactly the sins that the Israelites were committing in the eyes of God. And we know that the moment would arrive when they would lose it all. When God would destroy things in their path because of their disobedience to him. And that they would have to face consequences because they also discarded the prophet's message that was being brought to them. You know, the prophet was giving them a warning about the consequences they would have to face because of what they were doing. But they dismissed the prophet's words and still went about doing their own thing. And ultimately, they had to face consequences. So now we're picking it up in verse number 10 in the book of Hosea in chapter 9. So Hosea chapter 9, verse 10, this is what it says. I found Israel like grapes in the wilderness. I saw your fathers as the first fruits on the fig tree in its first season. But they went to Baal-peor. And separated themselves to that shame. They became an abomination like the thing they loved. As for Ephraim, their glory shall fly away like a bird. No birth, no pregnancy, and no conception. Though they bring up their children, yet I will bereave them to the last man. Yes, woe to them when I depart from them. Just as I saw Ephraim like Tyre planted in a pleasant place, so Ephraim will bring out his children to the murderer. Give me, O Lord, what will you give? Give them a miscarriaging womb and dry beasts. Father, thank you so much for this word because we know the word is true. The word gives us life. 
Your word encourages us to understand the warning signs of the things that were happening back at the time of Hosea and how we need to evaluate our lives and see, are we doing the same thing today? Because your word can always be applied to the current times. And we thank you for what you've told us in this passage of scripture. And we thank you for the warning signs. Amen. So my friends, you know, it is being very clearly laid out what is happening here. After everything that the Israelites did and now the consequences that they were going to face. And at the time of Hosea, Hosea was praying and interceding on behalf of the people. Because God had called him as a messenger, you know, to be the voice of God to the people. But what was happening was people were dismissing him. They were disrespecting him. They didn't care about his word. They thought his word was nonsense. They were, you know, they thought that maybe he was exaggerating what he was saying of consequences because they've gotten away with it so many times. And my friends, that's what we do in our lives today. We get away with so many things in our lives sometimes that we feel we're never going to face consequences. That we feel no one's ever going to find out. And most of all, that we feel it will always continue to feed our sin. And we will be successful and gain everything we've ever wanted in life. There are many of us who do that. And right here when it starts to say, I found Israel like grapes in the wilderness. I saw your fathers as the first fruits on the fig tree in its first season. In other words, Hosea is reminding the people, listen, I remember when your parents got the blessing that God gave them. And I saw when they had a harvest, right? Because it talks about grapes in the wilderness. When they had a harvest that was fruitful, And it multiplied and it gave them what they needed. I saw their first fruits on the fig tree in the first season. Meaning, I saw all the blessings that the Lord bestowed upon them in the first season. Meaning, during the first time of them gaining the promises of God to them at that time. And I saw a good thing, right? Because when you see first fruits, when you see something that God has blessed you with, something that is really good, something that is holy unto the Lord, something that is a major blessing in your life, it's a good thing, my friends. Right? So Hosea is recapping to the to the children now of Israel, to the to the to the new generation at this point. Right? He's recapping. What their, um, what their parents and their grandparents and even their great-great-parents had experienced. But he was there as a witness in one of those times and in one of those seasons where he saw the first fruits of what was given to them. And then he says, But they went to Baal Peor and separated themselves to that shame they became an abomination 
like the thing they loved. In other words, they have been blessed by God. God has given them a fruitful season. They have everything they need in their lives to satisfy them. But they still go and get involved with the God of Baal Peor, which, because, you know, this was a God that they used to pray to in Peor, in the town of Peor. It was a mountain in Moab. And at that time, when their parent, when he's giving this demonstration about how their parents were so blessed, but then they went and got involved with another entity, with another God, with another um, a community that they never should have gotten involved with. He's reminding them of the time that the other prophet during the time of their parents were actually, um, you know, a speaking word over to them at that time with the king that they had at that time which was King Balak of Moab. Um, So because at that time, that prophet had been hired, and that prophet was Balaam, and he was hired by King Balak, they came up with a plan to destroy the Israel children at that time. They came up with a strategic plan to ruin them and curse them as they were traveling through the land. So because they heard, at the time, they heard that the Israelites were coming, these people from this kingship of Balak and their corrupt way of thinking and doing things, they knew that the children of Israel were blessed. They knew that God had performed so many miracles on their behalf. And they knew they also had a special calling or promise on their lives. So this group of people in this community of the king of Balak, by the um, message also of Balaam, right, came up with a, um, a scheme, came up with a plan to ruin them. And how did they do that? They did it in a way to shame them by turning away from the blessings that God gave them and starting to become an abomination with the gods that at the time of the king of Balak was worshiping and to become involved with that community to have relationship with that community, and most of all, to have intimacy with that uh, with that community, by them then dating people from that community into mingling their faiths, which God had already said from that time, do not do it to the, that generation of Israel. But they still went ahead. They got caught up. Some of them got caught up. Some of them got caught up in what I call the web. Because you could be walking in your life, my friends, knowing that God has blessed you and given you everything you needed. You know, you could be walking uh, with God and temptation is always around you wherever you go. 
You can have a position in your life right now where you know God has taken you from a bad place, has blessed you, has given you everything you needed, your provision. He's provided for you. He gave you a roof over your head. He's gave you a car so you could get to work. He gave you a new job. Whatever it is, you know God has blessed you. But then you take all those things for granted and then you start to look around the other things that are around you that look tempting and then all of a sudden you start to either lust over those things or you start to desire those things or you start to think maybe if you have those things, your life will be even better than what God already gave you. See where I'm going with this? And then all of a sudden, you start getting involved with things that are opposite to God's word. It's opposite to God's commandments. It's opposite to what God wants you to do in your life. So now you get involved with other things and it corrupts you. It um, entices you. It has you falling into temptation, ultimately falling into sin. And because of that, now you start to love the new thing that you have been lured into. And now you no longer love God. Now you no longer love his commandments. Now you no longer love uh, the purpose that he had for your life. Because you're now thinking that you're going to do it and have it a better way on your own. And doing the wrong things and getting caught up with the wrong people. And we do that today, my friends. We do that today. We can apply this to our lives. How many of us can actually say now, here, you know, I I got a blessing from God. I was, you know, taking out of the muck of ruin. And God, you know, he, he put me back on the right track. He blessed me. He gave me everything I needed. I had more than enough. I had an overflow and abundance. But then all of a sudden, something comes around the corner that we know is not something from God, especially if it's it's been confirmed in our spirit. That is not from God. But because it looks good, it smells good, it might even taste good, um, it just, you know, has promising things behind it. We then go and we pursue that. So an example would be, you have had a, a, a great marriage. God has blessed you in your marriage. You have a children. God has blessed you with your children. You have an overflow. You have your home. You have food on the table. You have money to spend, to, you know, go on vacations. You know, you, you know you're a faithful person, but you, you really have been blessed by God. And then all of a sudden, a young person moves into your neighborhood. Another female young person moves into your neighborhood and starts to come around the bin. And men, your eyes start to get a little big eye, googly eye, because what you're seeing is pretty. It's beauty. It's something And even though that person knows that you are married, they still flirt with you. They say, oh, hi, oh my gosh. Oh, something happened. I thought I knew how to use the lawnmower. Can you show me? This is just an example. 
because the enemy will always use someone very close to you to try to bring you down and destroy you, to have you lose your testimony, to have you lose what God has already planted solidly in your life. That enemy will always try to bring someone into your life that will have you start to think otherwise. So because of that example, what does the man do? He's like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll help you fix the lawnmower. Then after that, it's like, oh, you need me to fix your car for you? Oh, you need me to drive you somewhere? Oh, you need me to um, pick up some things for you? Now, that ain't his woman. That ain't his, uh, his wife, okay? That definitely ain't his daughter, sister, mother. But now these things start in a trajectory. And then they giggle together, laugh together, have fun together, have lunch together, eventually have dinner together. And what happens to the bazoo? Now they become intimate, right? That's an example that I want to give to you because that we do here every day in common temporary right now life. We have it made, but then we start to see something else and we start to get enticed and lured into that when we know we're not supposed to. Now that's just one example and I could sit here and give you tons of examples. But just this one example should give you an understanding of where this word resonates with us and how it tells us and shows us the warning signs, right? And it tells us this is what you had that was a blessing from God and this is what you go and you do to ruin it, right? And we have to say to ourselves, oh man, and ask ourselves, Am, am I doing something right now that kind of is falling in line with this? You know, am, am I, have I been so blessed by the Lord, but then now I'm using it? So an exa- another example would be the, the Lord maybe has blessed you financially. You know, he's blessed you financially, so maybe you could help feed the poor. He's blessed you financially, so maybe he could uh, already give you funds for your kids for college. You know, to be able to pay a couple of extra mortgage payments, to maybe pay that mortgage down ahead of time and not have to wait till 30 years to pay it. Whatever blessing it is, but then all of a sudden you decide, well, you know, I got the extra money. I can just go by, by myself, you know, um something that I don't really need something that's going to collect dust in my garage or something that I really am never going to wear right some of us sometimes fall into those things because money can change our attitude money can change how we think how we act how we respond and for some people they can say you know what I'm going to go take that money and I'm going to go gambling yeah There's nothing wrong with gambling. Gambling is considered legal, right? Let me go ahead and do that. Next thing you know, you're losing that money and then you lost all the money. And then you become an addicted gambler and now you're really screwed. So what I want to talk about here is how in this time of Hosea, he's reminding the people, hey, I was a witness to how your people got, your, your, your parents, your grandparents, blessed. But then I was also a witness to what, how they failed because they were, you know, suckered in. They were like lured in. They were enticed in by this other community. And I'm seeing now 
Like he's telling them like, I'm seeing now that you're doing the same exact thing. You've done the same exact thing. Because a lot of you have sinned now with the current community that you shouldn't be involved with. Right? So he's telling them this. And then he says, as for Ephraim, their glory shall fly away like a bird. No birth, no pregnancy, no conception. Though they bring up their children, yet I will bereave them to the last man. Yes, woe to them when I depart from them. In other words, at this point, Hosea is saying to the people, listen, um, everything that you were blessed with or that you feel you're going to continue to have and do, I'm actually going to do um, the opposite in wanting that you will succeed at it. I'm actually going to hope that you fail at it. I hope that the sin that you've created for yourself, where you think it's going to be successful, it's going to give you the time of your life, it's going to give you everything you've ever wanted, it's going to make you feel like the king of the hill, the queen of the hill, whatever. I am going to actually hope and pray that it goes the other way. That you fall down from that high mountain that you're on right now. That you don't get to enjoy it at all. That you gain um, no, um, no better, like you don't gain anything from it. That it goes void, right? Because here's the thing. What happens a lot of times when we are enticed, my friends, into committing sin and to committing, following another God that is not of God, which is what the Israelites were doing here, the children of Israel, the, um, the, the, the children of Joseph, all these things that were happening, when they do this thing, they become very corrupt when they're following these false gods, when they're following these gods, they shouldn't be worshiping. And what happens is when you start to get into the sin, when you start to get into following things you're not supposed to follow, when you start to entertain immorality, when you start to entertain adultery, when you start to entertain uh, sacrificial uh, you know, things that go against God's word, your characteristic of a human being now changes because of what you used to love. Now you love something new and it starts to corrupt you. And then you have to ask yourself, well, what am I really worshiping? Because am I worshiping something that is ultimately going to destroy me? Or am I worshiping something that's going to bless me? So in other words, you have to ask yourself, am I worshiping God, the true God who's going to bless me? Or am I worshiping a false God and I'm worshiping idols that are going to destroy me? Because my friends, the choices we make in life determine which way our lives turn out. Many of us could sit here and talk about how many decisions we've made in our lives that were either good or bad. And depending which one they were, how things happened and occurred in your life. And you can probably share stories. Well, this is happening to us today, my friends. 
Because at the end of the day, we have to ask ourselves, especially with the society that we look at today, especially with the things we're witnessing with our own eyes, especially with the things that we're hearing every day, things that are happening, things that are changing, things that are, are, are really just out of the ordinary, things that you would never have thought in your wildest dreams you would ever see were happening right now in our day and age. When we look at all that, my friends, we have to say to ourselves, my gosh, do I want to be a part of that? Do I want to entertain that? Should I even be having conversations with people about that? You have to really sit down and analyze it and look at it and go, does that go against God's word? If it gives you that feeling, that inkling in your gut, like don't do it then you need to listen, especially when the Holy Spirit guides you and says, my child, do not do that. Stay 100,000 feet away from that. Walk away now. Don't look back at that. You know, because the Holy Spirit will always guide us in helping to protect us and in helping for us to make decisions that are critical. So my friends here... Hosea is like, you know what? What I'm going to do is because you're becoming more and more like this thing that you're loving. And you are not. And you're like acting a certain way, being a certain way, treating people a certain way. You know, I'm just going to hope that whatever you think you've gained or you have is not going to work out for you. It's not going to work out for you. And what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to pray that there are there is no result from that. So, for example, if you know that right now you are being unfaithful to your spouse, you're having an extramarital affair, then the prayer would be that that other person does not get pregnant, does not end up having a child. Maybe that person, um, and I know this is, listen guys, I know they're like, oh my gosh, that, that's a little deep. Oh, yeah, we need to talk deep because the word is deep. The word gives us information that is necessary for us to understand our lives, right? The word gives us information to prepare us and show us the things that we can avoid in our own lives of things that can happen to us. So yes, it is deep, my friends. It is deep because the last thing that a wife needs to hear from her husband or another woman at that is a knock at the door that says, hey, I got a baby in my hands and it's your man's. Okay, let's talk real about that. So, yes, am I telling you that in the word here, specifically at the time of Hosea, it was like, you know what, this is happening and you're thinking that, you know, you're going to gain so much from this, but I'm going to pray you don't. Because let me tell you something, my friends. There is, there is such a thing as pray for the good and pray for the bad. And if you don't think there is, you need to wake up and smell the coffee. There are people that are probably right now praying, to, praying that you don't get that promotion. There are people probably praying that you don't get that part in the movie. There are people now probably 
praying that you don't ever have that kid you want. There are people probably praying that they that you don't really get to marry the person you want to marry. There are people praying for you in so many different ways negatively that you don't even know about. But it exists. It's for real. So the same way someone will come out to you and say, Hey, sister, hey, brother, I'm praying for you. Your question after that needs to be, what are you praying? Because there are many times I've had sisters and brothers say to me, Hey, I'm praying for you. And I've said, really, what are you praying for? Because I need to know what they're praying for. Especially if they don't know my situation. Especially if they only heard a rumor. Especially if they don't really know what I need. So I'm going to ask, what are you praying for for me? And I want to see what their answer is. Because they could be praying the wrong thing. I remember one time I had an incident. Well, it's not an incident, but it was a discussion. And um, it had to do with someone's daughter. Where the daughter had just found out that she couldn't have any children. Again, she couldn't have children again. But she had already had um, twins. Um, And the person was like... You know, I was praying so much for my daughter to have been able to get another child. And I came out and I said, well, maybe God doesn't see it right now that she should have another child. Maybe there's a reason why God's not allowing her to get pregnant again. Because sometimes we have to ask, go to God and say, God, why isn't this happening? Is it happening because someone's praying against me? Is it happening because someone's praying for me? Right? You know, so we have to really like say, okay, Lord, if this is not happening, there's a reason why. But the mother was of this person was really adamant about well, I am constantly praying that she will get, you know, pregnant again, right? And the, now this is an, a, an opposite example, but, and I was like, okay, then, then you, you know, you do whatever you feel in your heart you need to do. Well, she prayed so hard that her daughter would get pregnant again, that the daughter did get pregnant again. And then a few weeks later, the daughter died. And now this grandmother is has lost now a daughter and she has raised now three daughters. And I could look at this scenario and go, maybe God didn't want her to get pregnant again because he knew that something would happen with her body and it would affect her life. And maybe that's why he allowed it not to happen. But because people were praying so hard for it to happen. Right? The enemy comes in. Listen, the enemy comes in in ways that we think is beautiful sometimes. And I'm giving you this example because of that. Right? Because when we think about that someone gets pregnant and they're going to have a kid, it's a beautiful thing. It's joyous. Oh my gosh. What a what a blessing, right? But sometimes God avoids us from certain things because in the long run, it might not be a blessing for us because God knows everything we need. 
And what we perceive in the natural, like, yes, that's a blessing. And now you're probably going, oh, Anthony, that's kind of hard for you to say. No, I'm just, I'm sharing the story with you. This is what actually happened. I'm sharing the story and I'm trying to explain to you that even with that beautiful scenario in the natural, when we see a child is going to be, a woman gets pregnant, a child's going to be born. We see that in the natural. Fantastic. This is great. Oh, another little toddler. But it could be also that God is saying, this is not the right time right now. I know some of you are saying, but Antonia, every miracle comes from God, especially when a, a, a woman gets pregnant. Absolutely. Absolutely. But here's the kicker to the story. The person she had the baby from was not the same father from the other two. That girl went and had an affair with another guy because she figured she was trying to get pregnant again. It wasn't happening with her man. She went and she did it with another man. So this way you have to hear the whole story. And this way I'm adding the story, this part, so you understand it. Because there, as much as that, that is a... Um, uh, a seed that was planted in that woman and all life comes from God that was done the wrong way that attempt to then get pregnant again right so because of that there were consequences that were now being faced and not only did this mother now have to take care of these twins and another one but that man she had the, the affair with he's nowhere to be found and the husband, because found out she had a fair because when the child was born, looked nothing like him and was obviously from a different culture. You can't hide that. What does he do? He's a destroyed man now and just said to the grandmother, the kids are all yours. So some of you can now look at this story and go, well, I, I guess that I thought it was a blessing, but I guess that's like messed up. Some of you, that's how you're going to think. And that's why here, when he's talking about this, he's being, being very precise. Because he's going to, you know, he's going to make sure that whatever we thought was going to be, you know, the right thing. Because we did it on our own accord. You know, we went about our own thing, you know, may not work out to the benefit or the satisfaction that we're looking for. And this is what Hosea is talking about. He's like, yeah, none of that is going to be fruitful. None of that's going to last. None of that is going to really give you what you think you want or you need or you desire. And then it says here, Just as I saw Ephraim like Tyree planted in a pleasant place, so Ephraim will bring out his children to the murderer. So in other words, again, he's a witness. He's saying, you know, at the time of Ephraim, when that went to like, um, like Tyree, um, Planted in a, in a pleasant place. They were in a good place. They were in a peaceful place. They were in a quiet place. They were in a stillness of the Lord place at that time. At the time of the children of Ephraim. So, uh, so because of that, what happens now? He's saying, now it's the opposite. So Ephraim will bring out his children to the murder. Meaning, in other words, now the children of today... And the children of this generation are now moving forward straight into the mouths of the lions to be destroyed, to be killed, to be taken advantage of, to be oppressed, right? So now he's saying, 
this is what's going to happen. Even when I saw them back many decades ago when they were in a good place, in a peaceful place, now these people today, the generation of Ephraim is now taking their own kids, taking um, their own uh, uh, children and sacrificing them unto these other gods, unto the worship of this other god that was at the time of the king of Balak. And here's the thing. We can apply that to our lives today. Many of us know that our parents were blessed. We've been blessed. But then we do something crazy. And then we mess up the next future of the generation we currently have. So we take it out. So if we know that, um, you know, uh, if I know that my, my dad, so I'll give you an example. So my dad was always a healthy man. He rarely ate or took pills or anything like that. He was a very healthy man and he was always um, eating the right foods. You know, he was always very conscious of what he ate, what he put in his body. That's why my dad always looked very young in his face, he, he in his body. He just looked very lean and... Um, he was just so refined looking as he even got older because he took very good care of his body. And then as his daughter, um, although I didn't get to have a relationship with him till a lot later in my life, he was actually always telling me like, listen, like if I would go into a store with him, he would be like, look, listen, you see all this medic, all these vitamins and all this junk, he would call it junk. He was like, never take that in your mouth. Don't ever put that in your mouth. That's chemically done in a laboratory, in a, in a factory. In a, don't do that. He goes, it's best you get natural things that God created on this earth. So if something says it's a pomegranate in it, go get the actual fruit pomegranate. If something says, you know, there is apple in here, go get a real apple. Like he was just breaking it down to me about how I need to feed my body, what I need to put in my mouth, whatever I put in my mouth will reflect how my body looks, how my face looks, how I feel, how my weight is, my energy, right? So during the course of the years, I kind of like would look at my dad and go, oh, wow, that makes sense. So then I kind of started doing that for myself many times. Now, y'all know that I love to eat candy. That's one of my weaknesses, right? But I don't indulge candy every day. I do eat some candy, but not every day, okay? But there were t during that time with my dad, I would see what he was doing and, and telling me. So I went ahead and I was like, you know, I want to do the same thing. I want to watch what I eat. I want to watch what I consume. That includes even alcohol. That includes anything, cigarettes. Anything that comes into my mouth would be a reflection later in my body of what I've given my myself, right? Or what I've ingested. So then I would go ahead and I would see, I would be like, you know what? I'm going to, you know, have fruits today. I'm going to have vegetables today. When I make that piece of meat, I'm going to have a little piece of the meat. I'm going to, I'll take a piece of steak and I'll chop it into four pieces. That's four meals. Like, you know, I'm very conscious constantly of this. Well, for many years, the same thing. People would say to me, oh, you look always so young for your age. How, what's the secret? I was like, there ain't no secret. It's just my dad told me 
I need to really watch what I'm eating. I need to watch what I'm consuming. It really affects your skin, whether, you know, your eyes. It affects everything, your hair, right? Because even till today, some people are like, wow, your hair's still long for your age. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm trying to maintain it and contain it and keep it healthy. Anyway, so now... Let's, I don't have, you guys know I don't have any children. I never had children, but my husband has stepchildren. And my husband has his children, so that's my stepchildren. Now, let's say all of a sudden, tomorrow I get pregnant, and I have a child, and then all of a sudden, I don't instill that into my child. I don't say, hey, you know what? You should um, know that the best way to feed your body is, you know, cook some things at home for yourself. Make sure you know the ingredients that are going into your own foods. Make sure what type of oils you're using that are important to help your life, that help your kidney, the flow of everything, right? But instead, I just let my child go do whatever they want. And now they eat every day at McDonald's. They eat every day at Burger King. They eat every day, you know, tons of junk food. They eat every day just stuff that is just like the worst thing for your body. The next thing you know, they become very obese. They don't have no energy. They got diabetes now. They got um, high blood pressure. And they all of a sudden now they can't... um, they can't do any activities. They can't do things in school. You know, um, this leads to something else. Whatever they start to label them as, which these days they label them HDHD, BBC, whatever they're going to label you, label you these days. And then also now that child gets destroyed in their body because they're just doing whatever they want. And as a parent, if I come out and I say to that child, hey, stop eating that stuff. You know, it's ruining you. Or if you're going to eat it, you know, eat at McDonald's maybe once a month. Eat, you know, eat at Burger King maybe once a month. Carl's Jr., whatever, whatever fast food place you go to, eat in moderation. Cook your own natural things at home. But that doesn't happen. That child then goes and is just destroying themselves. And this is the testimony that FM is talking about. You know, he's talking about like, I saw your parents and how they were living and how they had peace and quiet and stillness in their lives. And I see that they're here today now, you know, the, their, their children are here now, but their children now have swayed a different way. And now they're taking their kids to the slaughter. Do you guys get what I'm saying? So at the time of Hosea, we can apply this to our lives. Everything we read in the Bible connects with us. Everything in the Bible can spark a memory of something we may have not realized we were doing. And that's why when we read God's word, we have to read it and break it down. So God speaks to us through his word. And then it says here, give them, O Lord, what will you give? Give them a miscarriaging womb and dry press. In other words... This is in quotes. So it's it's um it's Hosea saying, you know what? Because this is Hosea saying all of this information. This is quoted in the Bible because these are his words. He's saying, give them more Lord. So now God is Hosea is praying to God and saying, you know what? Give them more Lord. What will you give? Huh? You know what, Lord? Just give them a miscarriaging womb. That they will be barren. That they, if they get pregnant because of the sin, 
anything, whatever. And we can look at pregnancy in many ways, which I will in a minute. Just let them have dry breasts, meaning they're not going to be continue to be able to feed on that. So for example, you know, when we talk about pregnancy as Christians, we can talk about it in so many ways, right? Because in, in some ways, because there's being pregnant in the natural. And if you become pregnant in the natural because of sin or because of something that you've done intentionally, right? Um, you might, you're going to face consequences. You could face consequences with that, right? Um, sometimes it's not pretty, pretty. Sometimes it's ugly. And, and at the end of the day, I'm not here to tell you like, oh, well, if you were sexually assaulted and ended up pregnant and had a kid, you know, that's a curse. What I'm explaining to you is that when you intentionally know that you are committing sin, that you are having an affair with someone else other than your spouse, when you are doing uh, worshiping other gods that is that is other than the true God that we serve, you're going to face consequences of that sin. How will be determined later. But I'm telling you right now, at this time of Hosea, what does he say? He said, well, I hope that that sin that they're involved with, what they're doing with sexual immorality, whatever they're doing, that they don't get fruit out of it. Because remember, if we look overall at the fruit of when someone does have a child the right way because of what God is doing in their lives, it is called fruitful and a blessing, right? But if it's the other way around and they're not doing something good and they're sinning, well, Hosea is saying, don't even let them get pregnant. Don't even let them get anything. Let their breasts be dry, meaning they're not going to have anything bringing forward so if you, if, if let's say back then there was no milk, right? Back then in the time of Hosea, there was, you know, if they, there were cows, that's for sure. But if you didn't have access to a cow and you have milk, women had to breastfeed. And if no, no milk is coming out of your breast, and I know this is getting crazy, y'all. No milk is getting out of your breast, then you can't feed your child. So I want to, I want to tell you that this particular scripture right here. It's telling them, give them, oh Lord, what will you give? Give them a miscarrying womb, meaning they'll lose that child. That child will die in them. They won't be born. And then, and then dry breasts, right? So you have a miscarriage. For, and, and then now you're not going to have the child. And you're not going to have what you thought was going to be what you wanted and what you wanted to have. And also when we talk about pregnancy, you know, spiritually, we talk about a lot of times the the gifting in the spiritual world of what God is going to birth in us in ministry or in something specific of an assignment that he's going to give us in our lives. There are times when we have to say to ourselves, you know, God, you are blessing me. Some, I'm, I'm getting ready to birth something new in the spirit spirit with you about my ministry about something that you want me to do in my life while i'm here on this earth to serve your purpose and to um continue to uh provide uh nourishment or the word of god to other people and then sometimes if we are not doing the right thing in god's eyes if we're sinning 
and we were supposed to get this anointing. We were supposed to get this new birthing in the spirit that God was going to give us. It can also be taken away. And you won't get it. Because you're sinning and God will see you and say, I can't, I can't bless you with what I wanted to bless you with. Because you're doing all the wrong things. You're worshiping all the wrong guys. Gods, you have um, tainted your life. You, you, you know, you're, you're, it's disgraceful. It's dirty. You're, you know what I mean? So you won't get that birthing, that, that pregnancy birthing in the spirit. So my friends, look, this is some really deep stuff here that we've been discussing today. Go back, reread it and ask yourself, how does this apply to my life today? What is it that I'm doing here? Okay, my friends? So look, just as I always tell you, the word of God is true. Truth gives us insight, gives us instructions. It teaches us lessons. It gives us great examples of what other people went through. We have to ask ourselves, does any of this apply to me? And what can I do to change it? Well, the first thing you could do is run to your heavenly father who loves you and adores you and wants to for you to have a healthy life. Go to him, ask for forgiveness so he can embrace you and get you on the right track. So my friends, it has truly been a pleasure sharing the word of God with you today. We will continue to finish the chapter off next week. I look forward to sharing the word again with you next Saturday when we will rise and shine with a purpose. God bless you. Antonia Roman is the author of Confessions of a Christian Woman, A Journey in Marriage, A New Beginning. In this book, Antonia shares her personal journey in marriage and how she used God's word to help her overcome verbal abuse. Tune in next Saturday as Antonia Roman continues to dive into the Word of God. The Word of God gives you insight for the purpose in your life.